Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Um, the objective of this teaching basically is to bring you to that point where you start to see things the way Christ is. Your definition of things is conditioned or conformed to the scripture. Because it's important that you have the right interpretation. Your definition of life, your definition of circumstances um, must be conformed to the scripture. Now, I said something on Tuesday, I mean, sorry, on Sunday. Uh, I was talking to someone on Tuesday, that's why I said Tuesday. I said something on Sunday and true in the Bible, when the Bible here says whatsoever things are true, true here is your standard of definition. That's what is true. What do you call true? That's your standard of definition. So your truth has to be in accordance with the word of God. If not, everything will be true for you. Everything will be right for you. Everything will be yes for you. So you must have your definitions from the scripture. And we went on on Sunday to differentiate between the facts and the truth. Facts are things that happen circumstantially that negate the truth of God's word. Those are facts. Um, but, but the fact that are things that would compete with um, the resources or the, 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 the nutrients of what should feed your truth. So you must be intentional with what is around your truth. You must be able to guard your mind so that nothing is... Com- uh, uh, you, you must be able to look at the truth in the face of adversity and agree with God. Because many times you would be lonely in your uh, affirmation of what you call truth. So many times. All right. So the Bible says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true... And then the least all goes all the way down. It says meditate on these things. Somebody say meditate on these things. All right. Um, I'm going to take you through a scripture. Then I'll come back to the text which we started with on Sunday. Now Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. Let's see that very quickly. Colossians chapter 3 and verse Verse 1. He says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now we're going to read verse 2 together, everyone. Let's see that together. We want to go. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Let's say that again. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. What are the things on the earth? The things on the earth are the things that you can see. Anything you can see is what is on the earth. But what is spiritual is what is of Christ, what is of God. Amen. So it says, set your mind on the things that are above. If not, your life will be a dictation by the things that you see. So you must set your mind on the things that are above. Then let's see verse 3. Haven't set your mind on the things that are above... For you died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Next verse. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Next verse. Therefore. 
So you see now the word therefore. Therefore is predicated on something. You don't say therefore to start a sentence. So the first thing you do is you set your mind. After you've set your mind, the consequence of setting your mind is therefore. The therefore now says put to death your members with passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Now listen, you cannot do these actions if the mind is not correct. So you must set your mind first and therefore you can do the act. So the sequence of uh, life follows that what you feed your mind with ultimately determines your decisions, ultimately determines your actions, ultimately determines your habit, ultimately determines your character, ultimately determines how you even feel. So you must be intentional about what you set your mind on. Say amen, somebody. So he says, you set your mind on the things that are above. uh, Because I found out that the thought life of the Christian is as important as your redemption. The thought life, especially when it comes to experiential manifestation of your identity, your thought life is very important. I said something on Sunday. The most important thing that can happen to an individual is he's born again. Second most important thing after you're born again is that your mind is conformed to sin. Why you would experience whatever you experience? Your mind. So your thought life is to a large extent the determinant of who you really are experientially. I understand positional, uh, positional identity, but I'm also talking about experiential identity, if you understand what I mean. Experiential identity is what you are in the manifest, not who you are in the spirit. You know, Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. Okay? There's a difference between by their fruits you shall know them and who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ is your identity, but by their fruits you shall know them is not who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ is what people can see. Come on, amen. Amen. Are you still here? Yeah. So who you are in Christ is your identity, but who people can see is the fruits. Okay? They are the results of your mind is wired to think. The greatest transformation that can happen to anybody is when there is a view change. That's your biggest transformation. And by default, you would naturally begin to think God way other than how you feel. That's why you must define your truth. Your truth has to be on the basis of the word of God. Now, let me say this. Whatever you experience in life must be run under the greed of God's word. Whatever you are going through in life has to be through the definition of God's word. Not through your feelings. Not even through pragmatism. Okay? Because sometimes we like to be pragmatic about things. If our pragmatism is one of the major cultures of this age, in other words, whatever works, as long as it works for me, then I accept it. And then it brings you a temporary happiness. That's not necessarily God's word. Listen to me, don't be afraid to be anti-culture. Because sometimes the world is wrong and you are right. 
you are right because you are with the word. So, understanding the mind of Christ is important because it determines your truth. That's why it says whatever things are true, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, you meditate on these things. I'm going to show you how, much later in this series and in this conversation, that in the standing for your truth, which is the word of God, you will be a contradiction many times of your experiences. You know, I talked about contradictions on Sunday. And I said that there will be a time where you would be declaring truth, but you yourself, you are a contradiction of your truth. So it's two-faced. The first phase is, it's either it's a mirage. In other words, you hold on to purpose and you hold on to Christ regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what your feelings are saying, regardless of what your experience is telling you. You hold on to Christ. I was counseling a young lady, uh, I think it was early this week, and I said to her, I said, listen, in the journey of a man, there's what you call the essentials and the non-essentials. Everybody has it. As long as you're on a journey. Your essentials are the things that you must never let go. Those are essentials. Then the non-essentials are the things that happen to you or happen with you, but at some point in your life, you have to walk away from them. Those are non-essentials. And sometimes even the non-essentials might be people. You just have to say goodbye. And you face Christ and your purpose. Come on, amen. But the essentials are the things that you cannot regardless, even if the source of the pain is from the essentials, you still can't walk away from them. So I told her, I said, listen, um, you must define what your essentials are, what your essentials are based into my life and it's for a purpose. Those are essentials. You don't walk away from that. You know, a lot of people don't have it. So whenever there is pressure, one of the major temptations you're going to have is to fight the essentials. Have you noticed that? Many of you would realize that whenever you're going through challenges, the first thing you attack will be the essentials. The first thing that begins to suffer is your relationship with God. Or your family. Or your calling. And then you are inclined or under a deception to feed what you deem to be important. That may not even hold any importance in any way. Okay, this is just a digression. So I told the lady, I said, listen, your pain, the fear of what people will say, the fear of pleasing people or being under that spell to please people, pain, people, pressure, at some point you must look away from those things and liberate yourself so you're not a prisoner of your pain and then you focus on your purpose. Because at the end of the day, oh, at the end of the day, you are not going to be a man or a woman who is giving her generation excuses because you had pain or because you had pressure. Because people who were on their way in their journey of life to purpose, just like Paul who said, I pressed towards the mark for the hype, calling in Christ Jesus, forgetting those things which are behind 
pressing to those things which are he had pain and he had suffering but he had a truth in the middle of the pain it was a truth that defined his suffering that's why he would call his suffering light afflictions our light affliction which is but for a moment light affliction you see the kind of jail that Paul the apostle was in in his time is different from what you have right now first of all they were most likely in the dungeon maybe not exactly in Paul's situation at the time but usually what defines the prison in those days is like a dungeon it was horrific the art of every torture was learned in the sense that the crucifixion of Jesus those who did it had to learn how to crucify it wasn't malam just killing cow people were schooled about crucifixion you had to understand anatomy to crucify you had to understand the nerves the right nerves to pierce with the nail to give the required pain that should come with crucifixion you had to understand these things but you see Paul says in all of his sufferings I am I am one who has counted all these things for the furtherance of the gospel because his truth came before his pressure in fact his truth was more at the forefront of his mind than what he was going through so having the mind of Christ is one who is given to meditation of what is true and listen to me everything that is true is what is in Christ talk to me somebody whatever is not in Christ is not true that's your definition of true not your feelings because we are in a feelings generation we are in a satis- do me first generation I want to say what do I stand to gain first generation we're not in a selfless generation no this world is actually becoming more selfish because the Bible says in the last days men shall be lovers of themselves so tell your neighbor it's not your fault did I indirectly say to say to your neighbor that your neighbor is selfish? That's if you catch it. But you see, this generation naturally is a selfish generation. Selfishness is the spirit of the age. That's why I would always commend people. Listen, before you think about yourself, think about God. Did I just make a simple statement? Yes, but a very difficult statement in this time. Before you think about yourself, think about God. When I did the teaching on God's plan, I said to you that your father is committed to taking care of you. And your response to him will not stop him. Your response to him or not will not stop him from taking care of you. Because it's a covenantal relationship. But you being involved in his plan is a level of maturity that you have come to to understand the privilege of relationship you have with him and that your assignment is because he called you as a son. So I'm doing it not because I want daily bread. All the enjoyment in the world will not matter if you're not in purpose. 
So when you invest your heart in him, in Christ, in God, you are stuck up about his things, not carried away. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. It's not a popular message. It's not even an experience today that you see. But you must set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Okay? Somebody say amen. amen. So, um, it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Not really what he thinks, but how he thinks. So, Jesus gives an analogy of what defiles a man. Mark, let me show you that. Um, Mark chapter 7 and from verse 18. We're going to look at that. Mark chapter 7 and verse 18. It says, so he said to them, are you also without understanding? Do you not perceive that whatever enters, let's read this together, whatever what enters a man from outside cannot defile the man. Next verse. Because it does not enter his heart. So when you eat your food, your food doesn't get to your heart, it gets to your belly, and from your belly it goes out. So when I think about the word defilement, or to defile something, to defile, um, it, it means to me that something from the exterior was introduced into something that distorts the whole of that thing and it 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 it, it disorganizes the configuration of the thing and that you call it defilement so it's more or less external to internal that's what my human understanding understands to uh, understands what defilement is but see what Jesus says. He says, because it does not enter the heart and is eliminated thoughts, purifying all foods. Next verse. And he said, what comes out of a man is what defiles the man. If you have a bowl of food here now, how does that food get defiled? Isn't it by what comes into the food? But Jesus says that is what comes out of your heart that defiles you. Then verse 21. Can you tell someone to shut that door for me? For from within, out of the heart of men, what does your Bible say? Let's read it again. For from within, out of the heart of men, evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceits, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Is there anything else? All these evil things come from within Are you still here now? Come on, amen. The heart of man is desperately wicked. 
So hear this. This is what I'm trying to say. How your mind works is what determines defilement in this sense. When you think about what is evil, does not mean you are defiled. But it is when you think about what is evil and you agree with it in your heart and you express it in your life, that's what defilement is. So the judgment of defilement is the expression. Because it's saying what comes out. And what comes out is a function of how something works inside. So it means there has to be a way the mind works that determines what comes out. Come on somebody help me. There has to be how the mind works that determines how when a thought flashes your head. How you interpret the thought. And how it is purified. How nyama nyama becomes something that doesn't look like what how he came in the first place. I'll give you an example. When the thought comes to steal, because you have an opportunity to steal, that thought is processed through a mind that is Christ-filled. And that mind converts or that feeling into a reason not to. And then from the... Do you know that we are very good at calculating how to sin? And we don't know how to calculate how to pray. In fact, we calculate carnal things more than we calculate spiritual things. Because it's natural in your body, in the flesh, to sin. But you must be able to walk your mind through Christ. You see, learn to hold your mouth. Learn to hold your mind. I mean, learn to hold your mouth. Learn to hold your expressions. Learn to run through the greed of God's word. It's very important. So as a man thinks, so not what a man thinks, as a man thinks, so is he. When you understand the mind of Christ, you will realize that you will be more naturally inclined to God's will in your life more often than not. You will not need the Bible okay, in your face all the time to tell you what to do. It's like the word of God is hid in your heart because you are making reflex decisions that are very inclined to God's word quicker than you need a consultation of what does the word of God say about this if you understand what I mean Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 Romans chapter 8 verse 6 it says for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is what life and peace let's see the amplified classic version of this uh 
hallelujah. Do you have it? The Amplified Classic? You have it? After the Amplified Classic, I want you to also put the, the, the message version. Ah, your system has gone off. Let me read it from my iPad. Who has the Amplified Classic? The Amplified Classic says, Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason, without the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing this now? Is what? Death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin. (laughs) Both here and hereafter. That's the mind of the, the flesh. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul, peace, both now and forever. Who here has the mind of the, of the Holy Spirit? Okay, because, because you must set your mind, not on carnal things. You must set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Do you know that you don't need to pray to feel spiritual. You are already spiritual. But I'm talking about feel. Okay? I'm not talking about identity of you being spiritual. Let's just go down to our level. Or to their level. Some people say, I have to pray 13 minutes to feel like it. When I acknowledge that God is today in my life. I, I, I believe and acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is with me today. I believe and I acknowledge that I am loved by my Father. I believe I acknowledge that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I believe and I acknowledge that God is with me. When you wake up in the morning and you are thinking that way, you are already setting your mind on the things of God. This is now the mind of the flesh which is sense and reason. So don't be carnally minded. Move your mind away from the flesh. And put it on the Holy Spirit of Christ. You define flesh as weakness. Flesh is strength. But strength in yourself. And strength in yourself is reason. And not just reason. Is your sense. Your sense that you, you put together to making things work. Learn to depend on the Holy Spirit every day every blessed day. Let's see the message version if you have it. Obsession with self in this matters is dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious free life. Pay attention to God. Set your mind on the things of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. So whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, pure, uh, noble, think meditate on these things another word there which means think is feed whatever things are true feed those things in your heart feed it in your spirit because if you don't feed what is true it's going to starve okay let's go back to the anatomy of life I think we've done this before when we said the anatomy of life 
what you see, what you hear, determines what you... Do you remember? Okay, let's, let's start. What you see, what you hear, determines what you... Think. What you think determines what you feel. What you feel determines what? Your decisions, not actions yet. Your decisions. Your decisions determine what? Your actions. Your actions determine what? Your habit. And your habit determines your character. And your character determines your destination. So if you want to change your destination, what do you do? Do you change your destination by saying, I'm going somewhere in life? (laughs) If you want to change your destination, what do you do? Start with what you see and start with what you hear. As simple as that. What you see begins to reorganize your mind and teach your mind how to think. And what you think now determines what you feel. So let's take a case scenario. A lady wakes up in the morning and she's depressed that morning for obvious reasons. She feels betrayed by some relationships. She's having a hard time in the office. Things are not really working out and she has a deadline to close on. So she's depressed for reasons she knows and reasons she doesn't know. Now, we are on the number three cadre of the anatomy of life, which is how she feels. So how do you now reconstruct that feeling? Do you change how you feel by feeling another way? Sometimes it doesn't come that way. You go from the beginning. So what do you do? Expose your mind with your eye gates or with your ear gates what to see or what to hear just keep on question the moment you have exposed your mind from what you see what you hear does that mean automatically the feeling will disappear no sometimes it may many times it may not but what do you do you continue Because to meditate is to repeat whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, pure. Meditate on those things. You are repeating what you are seeing, you are repeating what you are hearing. So you continue there and what happens? You begin to change how you think. And when you start to change how you think, you ultimately change how you feel. A lot of people say, they are dealing with sin. 80% of people who are dealing with sin, especially immorality or fornication, go and check their phone log. You see a lot of secular music there. 80%. You know why? (laughs) Many of us don't understand how Satan is not that smart. But he's also not a dummy because he's one of the most consistent according to will. 
He's also one of the, I was watching you. He's also one of the most consistent person because what works, he stays with it. Now, Satan knows that when he comes to you and he begins to pass his ideas to you with your knowledge of I am Satan, you're not going to accept him. So what he does is he opens the gates that lead to your soul. Have you ever heard that wherever there is music, there is dancing? Wherever there is merriment, your heart is open. It's the reason why if you want to have conversations or strike deals with people and you do it around a food setting, in other words, we're sitting on a dining and we're having conversation, it's easy for me to communicate with you and your heart is open to me. Why? Because food is a gate to the heart. It just creates an atmosphere and then I can communicate with you. They tell many wealthy people or people in the business circle that one of the places you strike important deals is in the golf course. It's a system that relaxes you and then you can access the heart. So what music is doing is it's using a tune that you love to open up your heart. But you see, the tune is the decoy. The real thing is the spirit of the words that as your gates are open into your soul, it comes in and it settles there. Now the person is battling with immorality but can't see the connection between immorality and the songs on my phone. That's why, you see, growing up, I consciously did not learn any secular song. I don't know how to sing it. I may hear beat by beat because I can't control, I can't block my ears. But I cannot sing it because, but the way some of you sing it, you mean what you are singing. (laughs) How will you have the mind of Christ? (laughs) No, think about it. How, how, how are you going? Because I told you that the word meditate on these things is feed on these things. You're not just feeding on them, it's feeding you. So if, if other things are feeding your heart, it's competing with the nutrients that is supposed to give nutrients that are supposed to give life to the things of the spirit in your heart. So your, 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 your heart, the devil is going through the back door in your soul. So you must be careful what you hear. Even when you hear it. You know, I, 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 I just I made up my mind. I said, listen, if you know me very well, I don't like the sound of the age for my own self. I don't like the sound of the age because I know what the sound of the age connotes to me. So it's as simple as feeding your ear gates, feeding your eye gates. If you're stuck with MTV, if you're stuck with MTV's old school, <laughs> it, let, let's come to you. <laughs> I thought about channels, so I said MTV. If you're, okay, let's say Sound City.
Okay? If you're stuck with sound city, how won't your dreams be altered? And you would say you have spirit husband. <laughs> Meanwhile, every time, once you have the opportunity, you're on sound city. Once you hear songs that don't glorify God, your first default, without even recognizing yourself, you just begin to move. It's easier for Satan than it is for God with you. You know, so I had to learn how not to move to certain things. Because my eye gates are important. Are you getting what I'm saying? Come on, amen. Amen. If you don't do that, you'll be a victim. You'll be praying for God to do something. Meanwhile, your actions are antithetical to your prayers. So you must start with your eye gates, your ear gates. You You protect what you see, what you feel, what you hear. You protect it. So that at the end of the day, you're one who is truly expressing the mind of Christ in everything. So let your truth always be defined by Christ. Always. Somebody say amen. amen. Whatever the Bible says, let every man be a liar. Let God be true. Let God be true in your life. Even when the facts are louder than the truth, let God still be true. Tell your neighbor, even when the facts are louder, let God be true. God has called you to live the life. Not just to be it, but to live it. And in living it, he would, he would commend you to give yourself wholly so that at the end of the day, the truth doesn't slip away from you. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Last scripture and then we close. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. Okay? Lest we drift away. Listen to me. You are the one who is going to drift, not the things you've heard. If you feel that you are too strong to fall, that's the beginning of the fall. If you feel that you have come of age, that you can stay away from the word and you don't need the word, that's the beginning of your problem. David said that I have esteemed his word more than my necessary food. To have the mind of Christ, you must be given to the word. Okay? I'm still going to repeat all these things that I'm saying again and again. Like I said, this preamble is not an organized teaching, but I'm still going to say these things in a, in a more organized way. If you're going to have the mind of Christ, you must be given to the word. Not given to the word because you, you have to share in your department. Not given to the word because they told you you're going to preach. Not given to the word because you have a point to prove. Given to the word for yourself. 
must be given to the word every day. Jesus says, Jesus who is the word said, for your sakes I sanctify myself. How can the word sanctify himself? He's the word. But he says, for your sake, I sanctify myself. He was given. Whatever he saw the father did, that's what he did. He never went on his own. So please, in your busy schedule, in your engagements, in your many activity that you have to face, Pay attention to the essentials and never let go of the essentials. One of the major essentials, your relationship with God, your understanding of the things of God, what God has called you to do, pay attention to those things. Don't slip away from them. I was watching, um, how many of you watched it? The prayer Bishop T.D. Jakes made for his daughter when he was handing over a woman that would lose to her. Did you watch it? He told us something. He said, regardless of what you're going through, keep preaching the gospel. That's a man who understands from experience. He told her, he said, I've handed over to you now. You are younger. There are people who are older than you that followed me that won't follow you. They will leave you. Some will gossip you. Sometimes you may even hear the gossip. But keep preaching. Big lesson to learn there. Hold on to purpose. Whether there is pain or not. Because purpose is the essential. These are the essentials. You don't, you don't, lo- you don't lose God because of what you are going through. So whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, whatever is excellent, think on these things, meditate on these things. Hallelujah. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will garrison your heart. So many of us, our hearts have drifted so far away. So far away. But God wants you to bring your heart right back to the center of his will and to the center of what he wants you to do. Get your heart right. Get your heart back. Because everything begins with your heart. Somebody say amen. I pray in Jesus' name that God strengthens your heart the places where you're weak God gives you the ability to run and not be weary God helps you to stand strong in the place of adversity that you will not faint in the day of adversity God helps you to to hold on to the truth of the scripture and to hold on to the truth of Christ that never a day would you say I would choose my experience rather than Christ Christ will remain the center of my choice the name of Jesus. Now do me a favor, lay your hands on your neighbor. I don't know what your neighbor is going through. Okay, but I want you to pray strength and the grace of God into your neighbor's life that whoever you are touching will experience supernatural ability 
to be all God wants him or her to be in Christ. Paul says, I can do all things. I can abase or I can abound. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let the gospel, let Christ be my definition of truth. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for your neighbor. Let Jesus be the definition of your resolve. Let Jesus be the conclusion of your resolve. Let Jesus be your statement. Let Jesus be your answer. Let Jesus be your your life. Let Jesus be your opinion. Let Jesus be your decision. Let Jesus be your feelings. Let Jesus be your direction. Let Jesus be everything. Every day, Jesus. Pray for that neighbor. Come on, pray for that neighbor. Pray for that neighbor. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.